Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Quick question. Do you like offering telepractice? Ever considered offering it through your own private practice instead of going through an agency that pays peanuts? In today's episode, I'm going to talk with Elise Mitchell. She's a speech pathologist with a background in telepractice and the new head of private practice development for the independent clinician. We're going to talk about the opportunity to offer teletherapy to your own private clients and also share some success stories of students in the Start Your Private Practice program who are offering teletherapy either exclusively or in addition to in-person services. We're also going to answer some common questions about telepractice, like whether you can see clients in other states, how to deal with assessments, and more. So stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. I was recently in one of those telepractice Facebook groups and saw a comment that stopped me mid-scroll and made my blood boil. Here's what it said. I was offered a W-2 teletherapy position with one of the major companies, and they offered to pay me $36 an hour. I have 11 years of experience, most of that in the school setting. I rejected the offer, and they wished me luck. Zero room for negotiation. I'm appalled. Hashtag, we deserve better. Well, we do deserve better. $36 an hour is what CFs with no experience were making 10 or more years ago. The comments that people left under this post indicated that other people were appalled too and had had similar experiences. People said things like, they can't do that to us. We have to do something. And I commented, you can do something. You can start your own private practice and cut out the middleman. Then came the questions. But where do I find clients? What about assessments? How do I get licensed in other states? Will teletherapy go away after COVID? I answered all of those questions and more in that thread 
and Elise and I added those questions and answers to the episode that you're about to hear. People are stunned at how much easier it is to start a teletherapy-based private practice than they think. It's not that hard if you know what to do. Now, we covered this in depth in the Start Your Private Practice program, but I want to play the audio from the Facebook Live training that Elise and I did so that you can get a sense of this amazing opportunity and how you can be a part of it. Enjoy the training. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here tonight. I am joined with Elise Mitchell. Elise is our new head of new practice development, and she has a awesome background in telepractice. And so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight is how you can start your own telepractice company or really your own private practice that offers telepractice, right? This is something that not a lot of people know that they can do. And so that's why I want to talk about it tonight. Um, Elise, before we get started, can you briefly introduce yourself to everybody? Yes, yes. So hi, everyone. I know that I've met a lot of you, so I hope it helps to uh, put my put my face to my name. But like she said, my name's Elise, and um, I essentially work with the SLPs and OTs who are looking into um, enrolling in the programs or looking into private practice and just need someone to chat with. So. My background is in telepractice, um, and it's one of my favorite service modalities, so I'm excited to chat. I love it. So we got a lot of interest. A lot of people are very excited about our presentation tonight, which is going to be relatively brief. I'm sure people might have more questions, and that would be a great opportunity to DM Elise or type the word telepractice below if you want to have more conversations about how you can start your own private practice that offers telepractice. So just so we're all on the same page, this is a definition that I got from ASHA, which is that telepractice is the use of telecommunications technology to deliver speech language pathology and audiology services remotely. Now, before COVID, not a lot of people were doing teletherapy, right? It was, you know, not something that people were doing a ton of. And then all of a sudden, you know, March, 2020 came around and, everybody was doing it. That was a really wild time, wasn't it, Elise? It was, it was, yeah. And it wasn't, it, not everyone liked doing it, you know? It was, it was, we were all kind of forced to do it, which isn't the uh, most exciting way to do something. No, absolutely not. And so, yeah, it was something that some people were doing, but not a lot, but a lot of us have learned how to do it. And some people really like it. And so, you know, some clinicians really like it and some clients really like it. And there's also some clinicians who don't and also some clients that don't, right? So the goal is if, if you're the kind of person who likes telepractice and wants to do more of it, why not do it through your own private practice versus for someone else, right? And so um, I forgot I had this slide right here, but basically, you know, pre-pandemic, only a small number of SLPs and OTs were delivering services via telepractice. And then we all were, right? And so that was obviously a huge adjustment. One of the things also that happened is pre-pandemic, a lot of people didn't understand how, you know, speech therapy on the internet would work, right? Like people would start to talk about telepractice and then there'd be a lot of confusion, you know, how, how does that work, right? And so now for better or worse, people understand how you can deliver teletherapy, telemedicine, you know, whatever you want to call it. To, pe to people over the internet, and really some people prefer it, right? And we're gonna talk about some of the reasons why both clinicians and clients and families 
Some folks prefer telepractice, and I think that's really cool, right? So there's three different ways that you can, that telepractice can be offered, right? And so a lot of people really, you know, especially during the pandemic, were offering it for their employer, right? If you were a school SLP, a lot of people were all of a sudden, or like early intervention, for example, doing teletherapy on behalf of their employer. It was the place that they were employed. And that's just like you had to switch to that service modality, right? And so in that example, you are an employee of, say, a school system. You're paid your regular salary through the school. And the employer takes out taxes on your behalf, right? Let us know in the comments if you are or were in that situation where you were working for someone else and doing teletherapy as a you know provider, as an employee for that institution, right? That's one big category of people. The next category of ways that people offer telepractice is through an agency. So this is something that you see a lot of talk about online is, you know, what teletherapy agencies are there and, you know, what are they paying and, you know, what kind of hours or what kind of contract situations, right? And so also let me know in the comments if you have ever done teletherapy through an agency, right? In that place, you're usually a contractor. There are some examples where you might be an employee, but there's a lot more of a contractor kind of a situation. And in that case, you essentially get a cut of the money, right? You are subcontracted. The teletherapy company, they're the ones who get the contracts and they subcontract you out, right? And so therefore, in order for them to be profitable, they pay you a portion of what they are paid, right? That's kind of how the agency model works. And in that case, because you're a contractor, you also are responsible for paying your own taxes, right? And so that's another situation. And again, it's very popular in a lot of Facebook groups where people are, are talking about, you know, which teletherapy agencies are available and, you know, what are they paying? And in a lot of cases, it's a lot of complaining about people feeling like they're just, you know, paying peanuts, right? Or, you know, offering, you know, you know $30 an hour or something. And people feel very discouraged by that, right? The third option is to have teletherapy through your own private practice, right? And I see someone in the comments said, you know, super low rates, right? And that's unfortunately, you know, what a lot of folks have to do because again, they're trying to be profitable. And so they, you know, end up undercutting a lot of speech and occupational therapists in order to make their business work, okay? But what I also, what I'm mostly talking about tonight is offering telepractice through your private practice. And in this case, you are the owner, you decide what rate you're paid, you keep 100% of the money, but you do also have to pay your own taxes, right, as the business owner. And that's how that works. Let me know in the comments, for those of you who are watching us live, who is offering teletherapy services through your own private practice? And if you're not, let us know if that's something that you would like to learn how to do. Okay, because that's what I want people to kind of be opening up their eyes to is to, you know, you can deliver teletherapy services on your own through your own private practice without your employer being involved or without an agency being involved. Is this making sense? I hope this is making sense to everyone who is watching. One of the 
things I, I you know, y'all know I like to do a lot of polls, right? I like to get a lot of feedback from, from students, right? And so I asked recently in my Start Your Private Practice program, you know, who is offering or planning to offer either in-person services, telepractice, you know, telepractice only, in-person services, right? And so interestingly enough, this is how the voting landed the last time I took a look at this. So most people in the Start Your Private Practice program are offering a mix of both in-person services and telepractice. And that's what is comfortable for a lot of people. The next most popular vote was for people doing telepractice only, right? It didn't win by a huge margin, but that was the next level of what people are doing is offering teletherapy, you know, from from home or from an office, but through their own private practice. And then the next group of people are offering in-person services only. Again, the cool thing is, is when you have your own private practice, you get to decide what you're offering to your clients, what feels comfortable to you, what feels exciting to you. What feels, you know, what are the demands or the needs of the people that you're seeing? And you are the one who gets to make that decision, right? So I think that's a really good thing to talk to think about is, you know, when you own your own business, you get to make those kind of decisions and not have someone else be telling you what to do. So I get at this question a lot where people say, well, what do you mean you can you can start your own teletherapy business? Like, how would that work? And is that different than starting a private practice? And the answer is, you know, basically no. That the process of starting a, you know, quote unquote, regular private practice and one that is telepractice based is basically the same thing. You still need to go through all of the legal steps to get your business started. The only thing different has to do with the technology. And there's a little bit of a difference in terms of marketing, in terms of where you're going to place your efforts. But for the most part, the process of starting a private practice that offers either exclusively or, you know, half, you know, or some percentage telepractice, it's the same process. And I think, Elise, is that something that you've also found that people seem to be feeling like it's a totally different thing? Yes, yes. Or they jump to, you know, licensure and that thing. And we always have to kind of go back and say, wait, 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 wait start. Let's get that business started first. And so just ensuring that, um, because these steps, absolutely. The steps are, are you got to, you've got to have a business. You got to get your business set up. Yeah, absolutely. So once you're set up and your business is set up, then you can start seeing your own clients. Right. And so, you know, private practice used to be a very local endeavor, right? You, whatever town you lived in, maybe you serve the people in your community and maybe a couple neighboring communities. But for the most part, private practice was a very local kind of a business, right? Now, you know, people are able to serve, you know, not only their local community, but also statewide services throughout their state. And then even, you know, we'll talk about this later, but in neighboring states. So private practice isn't as local as it used to be. And that opens up a lot of opportunities for not only the provider, but also for the clients who need to have services, right? And so there's a lot of people who, you know, maybe even have a brick and mortar clinic, like Katie Brown here, who's one of the mentors for Start Your Private Practice. Katie sees adults exclusively, and she did a lot of teletherapy during the pandemic. And now she does a mix of in-person services and telepractice 
And it's pretty cool to have that option. And it really allowed her to work with a lot more people than she would have um, otherwise. And so I think that's really, really cool. In our program, in Start Your Private Practice, we have students who are seeing clients via telepractice in the state that they live in, so wherever they live, right? Also in the states that they used to live in, right? Like let's say they went to grad school and they lived for a couple of years in one place and they still maintain that state license. Now they're seeing clients who live in, I don't know, let's just say Virginia and also wherever they live. Like, let's just say, like I live in Massachusetts, right? They can also have, you know, get licensure in the state that they're moving to. So no longer, you know, people used to say, well, I should, I can't start a private practice because I'm going to be moving in the next year. Well, okay. You know, keep your license in the state where you're living now, get your next license in the next state, and then see, you can continue to see your private clients even when you move, right? Because it's not as localized as it used to be. You can also see, you know, people in states that you live next to, right? There's people who live on the border of different states, right? And so you can see people who live in the state you live in and then, you know, maybe a state next door. And then the last big category are states that have need. So maybe you're, you know, across the country from one of these states, but you know that there's demand for services and there's not enough clinicians to be able to provide therapy. And so you could serve people who are in a state that you maybe have no connection with, but you know that there's a need for services and how cool if you could be the one who helps fill that need, right? Elise, are these also the kind of things that you're hearing online, you know, people talking about seeing people in multiple states, not even just the place where they live? Absolutely. Yeah. And if you are someone that specializes, you know, I'm ELSVT certified and um, I am in an area where there is a Parkinson's clinic uh, within 20 minutes. And so I'm able to use that certification in the rural parts of my state. So if you do have a specialty um, or, you know, like you said, Jennifer, people that have moved around, if you have those multiple licenses, use them, you're able to use them with this modality. So that's, that's just one of the many benefits. Yeah, I love it. It just, it opens up options again for clinicians and also clients. So many private practitioners are offering telepractice, you know, from the comfort of their home, right? I think, you know, we all spend a lot of time at home um, during COVID. And so people, you know, some people really like that and want to continue to spend time at home um, using equipment that you already have or can easily get. When I first learned about telepractice, you know, there was just so many questions about the technology and there was always, do you talk about what kind of modem you needed and all this other stuff? Like, you know, most people have available technology these days that that is much less of a barrier than it used to be. People are also seeing telepractice clients, you know, during hours that work for you and also work for your clients. So for example, after school hours, if you have after school hours available, there are lots of school-aged clients who also need hours during that time. And remember with time zones, you know, what is school age or what is school hours for you after school hours for you might be different than people in a different time zone. And again, that can also open you up to having more clients to be able to see. So if this is interesting to you, and if you'd like to know how we can support you in getting started, having your own telepractice, your own private practice that offers telepractice, comment telepractice below. Or if you're listening to this on, on um, uh, the podcast, 
send me a message on Instagram. It's at independent clinician and just type the word telepractice and we can talk about how we can help you get your own private practice set up that offers telepractice. Okay. A lot of SLPs and OTs, I should also add OTs, um, often assume that it is difficult and expensive to get licensed in other states, but that is not necessarily true. That is something that a lot of people, that's kind of a myth, right? There are some states, and Elise can talk to this in a little bit, but some states that are easier to get licensed in, and yes, there are some states that are a little bit harder. Can you talk about that, Elise? Yeah, yeah. So um, there are like, so I'm in Missouri. Uh, for those of you that I talked to that are in California, that's why I messaged so early. Um, I'm in Missouri and our licensure process, for example, is is very, very simple. There's there's no fingerprints required for SLPs, OTs. I'm sorry, there's a fingerprint requirement, but it's still very simple, very affordable, run, renew every three years. So you know, of course, your California, you know, your Texas, those processes are a little bit more strenuous. So we work with if, if you're someone that's in the program, you know, we work with you on that market analysis and making sure that you are going to enter a state that has an easy licensure process. A lot of them do. A lot of them do. Yeah. So that's just something that's, you know, it's it's something you have to do. It's a something you have to, you know, fill out an application. You have to pay some money. It's often not a lot of money. And but you just have to go through it. But once it's done, it's done usually for like maybe at least a year, maybe even a couple of years. And then you can start seeing clients in that neighboring state. Right. So it's you know, we sometimes build up a lot of fear and anxiety about some of these kind of things that actually aren't as hard or scary as we think. And it's actually a lot easier than most people think. Right. Um, another thing that Elise is going to talk about is the interstate compact, which is going to make this a lot easier. Yes. So exciting, exciting. We've all been waiting for it. Um, the Interstate Compact Commission, and you can find their notes. You can bookmark their webpage if you are a uh, an Interstate Compact stalker like me. But they did meet a month ago. So we all know that 15 states have opted into this compact, right? Um so now that that's happened, they are trying to figure out, okay, now what do we do? Policies and procedures. So there are 15 states that have become kind of have opted in for this compact. With that said, they have been very, very transparent that what policies and procedures will come from this won't come anytime this year. Maybe the end of the year, we'll start to see what this means, what this looks like, how much it's going to cost, et cetera. So end of this year, beginning of next year. However, that's just 15 states, right? So we can look together at some of the states that aren't involved and um, get your licensure in some of those states. Missouri, I don't think Kansas is, I don't think Arkansas is. Again, those are easy licensure process. So there's hope on the horizon. Um, and so that's really exciting. Yeah. And, and getting your business set up and ready beforehand is also a really smart thing to do, right? You don't have to wait until this goes into full effect to get up and running and get those ducks in a row and start seeing clients in other states, right? Um, another question that I see all the time is what if I wanna contract with the schools, right? What if I wanna contract you know, myself as a contractor with the schools? And what I think a lot of people don't realize is that in order to do that, you have to have an established business, right? They're not contracting with individuals, they're contracting with, you know, contractors who by definition have their own business. 
So it's not as easy to just say like, oh, I'll just do a contract with the schools. Like you have to have an established business first. And so going through all of those steps, you know, it's not that hard, but you have to know what to do. And that's one of the things that we help people with in Start Your Private Practice is to have an established business so that you can be a school contractor and have your own contracts. And that's getting to be very popular. But again, it's something that you have to have an established business in order to be able to do. I want to introduce you to a couple of my students. Some of y'all might know Martha from Instagram. Her handle is at Martha Speech. She's awesome. Martha lives in Maine. And she services kids via telepractice all across the state of Maine. And her main thing is fluency disorders. Okay. In more rural areas, there tend to be fewer providers, right? And there's still a community who really needs you. And it's an opportunity to really serve people across your state who are either going without services or who are stuck on wait lists. There also tends to be minimal competition because, again, there's just not the same number of providers, right? And if you live in a more rural state, you know, especially a big state like Maine, but even, you know, smaller states with more rural areas, you know, telepractice is also very convenient for people who can't travel far distances in order to to get services, right? And so if you live in a more rural area, this is again an opportunity where you can be of service to people not just in your local community, but to your entire state. So that's what Martha, who's one of our alums from Start Your Private Practice, is doing. Another alum, her name's Mira. Mira was all, uh, Martha was on the podcast and Mira was actually on the podcast maybe two weeks ago. Um, but Mira lives in Texas, right? And so she lives in a big city in Texas. She lives in Houston. And, you know, she offers, you know, there's a big population, um, and but there's still a big demand for services because no matter what, there's more people, there's still not enough cli- uh, practices or clinics with that don't have wait lists to see people, right? And so telepractice is also really nice in big metropolitan areas that maybe have more traffic, it's harder to get around. The convenience factor is huge. And this is also a way to set yourself apart from other providers. And that's exactly what Mira does. Mira offers in-person and telepractice-based services, and she offers concierge speech therapy um, for kids and adults. So that's another kind of a person who is actively doing this through her own private practice. So people in every community, not just big cities, care about convenience. Elise and I were talking about this a couple of days ago. You know, Elise, tell tell everyone about, you know, having the reality of having kids when it comes to convenience. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I have a high schooler and I also have a toddler and I was telling Jenna, if you want to get me to a clinic, nine to five is is next to impossible because the high schooler has sports. Right. Um, and so I usually have to call into work or, or, you know, something to that extent to be able to take one of them to an appointment. Because three to five is so difficult. Plus, we also have a commute. We do live in a rural area. Um, so just being able to get on the computer and, you know, serve and, and get the services that we would need is wonderful. So this is this is very, very convenient for um, for our clients. And I think that during COVID, a lot of people have gotten used to the convenience, right? Like people have gotten used to not commuting or not commuting as much to being able to, you know, have things delivered, right? Think about, you know, uh, Uber Eats and all these, you know, Grubhub and whatever, like 
people are really interested in convenience and people are also willing to pay for convenience, right? And so that's something I want people to be thinking about. Um, a question I get also very often is about how do you market your services, right? How do you, how do you get telepractice uh, clients, especially if it maybe is even in a state where you don't live, right? And so the best way to get clients is by having a well-optimized website, you know, having good search engine optimization. Because in that case, you're going to capture people who are actively looking for services, you know, and they don't necessarily know maybe that you are in a different state, right? Because, you know, you might have at the bottom of your website, you work with people in California and Missouri and, I don't know, Kansas, right? And so as long as you have a well-optimized website, which is something that we help our students know how to do, like that's how you're going to get clients in other states who, again, may not even know that you are not based in their state. And to be honest, they don't care if you're able to work with their child or with their you know, spouse or you know, their adult, right? Like they don't care. They're so thrilled that they found services and that's really what they are looking for, right? Um, another question we get is about platforms, right? And I'm going to let Elise speak to this because, you know, people say, well, what platforms should I use? And there's, you know, rather than give specific ones, Elise had a really good way to break this down for people. Yeah. So if you and I have already spoken about this, you will know that I like to tell people that me telling you what platform to use is like me telling you what car to go get. Um, you should pick your platform based off of what you're wanting, right? So I recommend making a list of features like your must-haves. Um, if you don't really know your must-haves, message me. We'll chat through it because I, I bet I bet they're in there. Uh, make a list of your must-haves and then go from there. There are telepractice-specific platforms, so platforms that are made entirely to, to do teletherapy on, right? And then there's kind of those more general platforms, and those are platforms where Doing therapy on it was a little bit of an afterthought. So then they added on that HIPAA, um, you know, aspect. So like that's your Zoom and things like that. So there's two different types, but you really pick them based off of what you're wanting, what features you need to be able to provide your service. Yeah, absolutely. And for most of them, you can do trials, right? Like you can do the free trial, the 14 day trial or, you know, 30 day, whatever it is, right? And then you can test it out and see, you know, which one you like and then and then go with that one. But, you know, try not to get stuck in analysis paralysis here. Right. You know, pick a platform, learn how to use it and spend more time like marketing your services and working with clients than figuring out exactly which which one of these platforms. Right. They're all going to work. You just have to figure out, you know, maybe what are the main features. But just, you know, again, spend more time marketing and treating clients than being stuck in which platform to use, okay? Um, another question that we hear all the time is, you know, but what about assessments, right? And so there's some really great digital options to be able to do assessments, right? There's Q Global and WPS, and they both offer really great ways to be able to do, you know, standardized assessments for people that you are working with, right? Again, you need to see which one of those options works best for you in terms of what assessments you want to be able to give. And remember that any money that you spend for your business is a tax deductible expense. So whether it's paying for Q Global, whether it's paying for, you know, if you get a new computer that you're going to use for telepractice through your private practice, whether it's my program is also tax deductible, 
Like these are the kind of things that you need to be thinking about as a business owner. Um, I want to introduce you. I showed you a picture of Katie Brown earlier, um, but Katie is, you know, an adult focused private practitioner. She lives in Buffalo, New York, and she also is doing a mix of both in-person services and adults, or sorry, and telepractice. She bills Medicare, she bills insurance, and in some cases, private pay. She has a brick and mortar clinic with two employees now. She just hired her second employee not that long ago. And she has, you know, a bunch of uh, certifications and whatnot. But she is a great example of an adult focused private practitioner who is offering, you know, telepractice and in-person services. So this is not just something that people with, you know, pediatric backgrounds can do. People with adult focused uh, private practices are also doing telepractice. Another great example, this is another alum from our program. Her name's Emily McCullough. She was also on the podcast. Um, she lives in Austin, Texas, and she also has a telepractice-based private practice. Uh, she described herself on the podcast as an introvert. She kind of, you know, liked the idea of working from home during COVID, and she just wanted to continue doing it. And so, you know, at some point she started a private practice. She joined my program. She learned how to get up and running but her private practice is exclusively telepractice based and she sees people in both uh, Texas and also Illinois. Um, her practice you know, differentiates itself a little bit as being an LGBTQA affirming private practice and also neurodiversity affirming. And so again, that's the kind of thing where you wanna think about how are you gonna stand out? You know, What are your values and what do you want to bring as a private practitioner and, you know, the telepractice thing, it's, again, it's just a service delivery model. It's nothing super different. It just has to do with, you know, how they're accessing services. But the process of getting started is the same. And, you know, to my knowledge, Emily also is, is private pay only. And that's something that she's been able to, to do. So, you know, if you would like to learn how to do this, if you would like to know how we can support you getting started with your own private practice, you know, comment telepractice below. Or if you're on Instagram, send me a message on Instagram and just say uh, telepractice in the DM. I'm at independent clinician. But like I, this is what we do, right? We help SLPs and OTs set up private practices and offer whatever it is that they want to be able to do, right? Whether it's telepractice in person or a mix of both, we want you to get set up the right way. Get those ducks in a row and start seeing clients and the kind of clients that you want to be able to work with. And so I think, again, there's a lot of misconceptions about what you need to do if you wanna see telepractice clients, and it's not that you have to work through an agency to do it. You can 100% do this on your own and you know, cut out the middleman, decide what kind of clients that you wanna see, what hours you wanna work, and what you wanna get paid. And I think it's a much, much better way to do things. So again, I see so many people have commented telepractice below and we, I promise that we'll follow up with you. And if, again, if you're listening on the podcast, send a, a direct message to at independent clinician, just put in the word telepractice and we'll get back to you with some information about how we can support you. Um, Elise, do you have any last thoughts before we wrap this up? No, I'm just really excited to, to talk to everyone. My California people will be happy because it's normal time, their time not 8 a.m. <laughs> I love it. And this is, you know, this is why we brought Elise on, right? For those of you who've been following me for a long time, you know, I, I started the independent clinician, like just myself, right? And the slowly the team has grown over time. 
And Elise is, you know, our newest hire of someone who literally has been hired in order to help SLPs and OTs set up practices that they are excited about, that they feel good about, they feel confident about. And, you know, you know, there's so much burnout right now. There's so many, you know, SLPs and OTs just feeling so stuck and feeling, you know, underpaid and just tired of the whole thing, right? And so, you know, starting your own private practice is something that, that a lot of people are doing right now. And the cool thing is, is that you can even do it part time, right? You can even have just a handful of private clients, whether they're telepractice or in person. But that's like a really cool thing to think about is that you don't have to, you know, jump into the deep end on this. You can start with just a handful of private clients, but you have to know how to start. So again, if you want help to know how to set this up and how to get going, offering a, you know, through your private practice, offering teletherapy services, comment telepractice below or send me a, you know, a direct message on Instagram and we'll get back to you. And we're, we're both very excited to talk to you about this possibility. Awesome. Well, thank you all for being here tonight. Thank you, Elise, for being a guest. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Have a great night, everyone. And we will be in touch with all of the people who commented telepractice. And again, send, send me a message on Instagram if you're listening to this on the podcast. All right. Have a great night, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed the training with Elise and I and our discussion about telepractice and how you can add teletherapy services through your own private practice and cut out the middleman, just like students in the Start Your Private Practice program are doing. As I mentioned in this episode, if you want to learn how to do this too, send me a DM on Instagram with the word telepractice. My handle is at independent clinician, and we can talk about how to make this work for you in terms of just seeing a few private clients on the side or starting a full-time private practice and offering either telepractice exclusively or in addition to in-person services. Again, just send me a direct message on Instagram with the word telepractice to at independent clinician, and we can talk about the details and how we help students get set up in seeing their own clients. Till then, thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. I decided to invest in the Start Your Private Practice program because I honestly had no idea where to start. <laughs> and I just didn't really have the confidence or the know-how to be able to do that. So it was really nice to have a system that was all set up for me. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch. It was all there for me. And I was able to land a client within about the first week and a half of me going public with my private practice. So now I have 12 clients. It is such an invigorating and amazing experience. If you want help to start your speech therapy private practice, then head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist so that you will be notified as soon as we reopen the doors to the Start Your Private Practice system. Again, that's startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.